0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. However, it applies, we're taking on through here. We have uh, last group to get through here on the offensive side of the ball of combine positional previews before we shift it over to the defense. Uh, 16 through 20 of the pre-combine mock. Some questions to get to, all of that stuff as we continue to roll on, uh, for the festivities kickoff Thursday. Um, you know, last basically get to see these guys, you know, pro days obviously for some that don't matter, uh, tough blow yesterday, uh, Brian Edwards, another of an intriguing of the wide receiver class, uh, broken foot during training, obviously you're probably not going to get anything official on him. So he gets into a tough spot here with a really deep wide receiver class where folks won't be able to have official numbers. Tape is really, really good. Really fun player. Um, but it's probably going to be uh, puts him in a tough spot with a class as deep as this one. His, uh, your host, Jeff Lloyd from SI.com, Pete Smith, as we continue rolling through these here, uh, Pete, obviously both these groups are pretty much important um, this year as the search for, you know, tackle position, maybe some interior help. It's going to be tough to fill every knee with only seven, your draft picks tight end. Um, you're looking for that, Supreme blocker. Maybe you don't really count on that from a rookie, and maybe not from this class. I guess best way to do this is probably start tight end class. Um, you know, I guess every, the one that's got everybody excited to this point would probably be Adam Troutman. You know, there's you know brand names and Thad, you know, Thaddeus Moss. And I, I just don't know if exactly the Browns are going to be able to get what they need in this draft. Um because A number one, rookie tight ends are normally a gamble as it is. So this may be something, you know, you're going to have to, you know, maybe it's something you draft late and, you know, where you think you've got something. If you give it a year and work and let it marinate, you have something. I'm not sure this can totally be filled here. And this class is, it definitely feels like a little bit of a letdown because last year, obviously, was one of the better tight end classes we've seen in a while. Uh, the
1: tight end class has, talent, it's largely a case of uh being a very specific group. Uh so like the kid out of Notre Dame Cole Comet may be the best depending on who you ask. Uh but in a lot of ways he's like David who I don't know if he'll test that well, but he's a nice receiving option who's a developmental blocker. It's just you know, he's still growing into it. He hasn't figured it out. Uh and there's a lot to to like with him. Whereas a guy like Bryce Hopkins out of Purdue. I'm not a big fan of, but if you like him, he's a guy who's probably never going to block very well. uh, Has never blocked well to this point. Um, Adam Troutman looks like he can do a little bit of everything, uh, but he's you know he's a smaller school guy. He's got may not be able to hit the ground running as fast as you'd like. Uh, And then you get to guys like Hunter Bryant and Harrison Bryant, and they're you know. Hunter Bryant is very undersized. Harrison Bryant plays more like an inchback, though he does seem to have the length and things to be an inline tight end. So you have some things to work with on that front. A guy like Colby Parkinson has an enormous frame uh, and was really productive, but he's a guy who's got to sort of figure things out as a blocker and all that stuff. Thaddeus Moss, you know, he's limited in what he can do, but. Some people are big fans of him. You get a guy who's sort of like a forgotten entity this year because he didn't play as well, but he has been very, very good in past years, which is a guy like Albert Albert O uh, from Missouri who, you know, has all that, the size you want, uh, and and has been a very productive receiver. But in Missouri's offense, you know, they they split him out. They do a lot of other things, you know, that aren't like a true just getting a three-point, in line and do that type of stuff, so there's a little bit of projection. You get guys like Stephen Sullivan from LSU who, you know, seems to be a guy who's really popular, uh, you know, as a later round option with some developmental upside. Um, and then a kid who's really interesting but seems to be completely unreliable as far as staying on the field and behaving himself is C.J. O'Grady from Arkansas, who's really impressive on tape. But this game's for suspensions and behavioral issues and some of those things. So there's a lot of things that are interesting about this class. Uh, Jared Pinckney is a fantastic blocker. I don't know if you're going to get a ton of upside out of that as a receiver. You might just be a really, really nice uh, true in-line wide that can occasionally catch some passes. Um, so there's a lot of things in this class. It's just, one, they take some time to develop, and, two, you know, there's not sort of that group of just stud, obvious, you know, full-service tight ends that, you know, aren't common, but uh, you, you try to figure out where you can get guys that work. So it's really about, you know, finding the value and trying to get it at the right spot. And if it falls to you in the right place, you go ahead and grab it, but there's a real possibility that you're sort of like, you know, it just wasn't there. It didn't work out. So we're doing something else. And obviously the Browns are in a position where theoretically anyway, they might try to move one of these guys to a full back, or maybe you'll take, uh, you know, a smaller school guy that people haven't talked about much or take a guy who is, you know, uh, another position and and try to transition him that way.
0: What this class brings, and this is what, concerns me is is you were trying to find essentially your kyle rudolph of what kevin Stefanski is looking for and you look at this class pete you know, normally those guys they're going to go high is there a first round tight end in this group no there's not a first round tight end is there maybe even a second round tight end i'm not really sure commit i i don't see a lot high there i i know a lot of people want to say he's the best in class troutman it's interesting but like you said you know It's one thing, and it's great for him that he looks really good at the Senior Bowl. And maybe as far as the most complete tight end, now you have a lot of competition here. When you're drafting at 41, you're not necessarily sure, and I'm not, that I'm going to take him at 41. Is somebody going to bite before 74? Look, things change in the draft. You know, I'm not really sure. I'm going to go jump up and trade up for Adam Troutman. Then you get into the likes of Pinkney. I do like him, and I, I think he blocks very well. The threat of receiver, I'm not sure it's really there. But if you're going to get that day three, maybe it's something you can live with. But you need that surefire blocker here. You need that surefire blocker somewhere. It's most likely going to come from free agency. Maybe it's going to be a crusty, vet, six, seven-year guy that's not going to cost you a lot of money. I don't know if you can fill all those needs. Thad Moss, I think maybe a lot of people are in love with the fact of Thad Moss because he's Randy's kid, which I get. I totally understand. People maybe just think sometimes, you know, it's just going to be there. It's going to pop. More is going to come. We'll see. Steven Sullivan is intriguing to me. You have an assistant offensive line coach. You have obviously Bill Callahan. They can work with this guy. I don't see a way he's ready day one. It's nice that he's six foot eight. It's nice that you can tell him, hey, dude, if you get to 260, we're cool with that. We're not too concerned about it. We want you to just be a big boy out here. Question is, can he drop his ass? Can he sink his ass and can he move people around? I'm just, I'm not, this class is nowhere near what last year's was. And it's, you look, sometimes, you know, drafts don't fall your way. For two years, we talked about this with John Dorsey. Offensive tackle class didn't really fall his way. But this year where you're looking for that tight end, who can block and give a little bit of threat to everything. And you need that Irv Smith type, which they have about three or four guys on that roster. The way it works out, Pete, maybe it's Steven Carlson. Steven Carlson may end up being the guy as he progresses a little bit more and it seems like he's got the aptitude to put the work together. Maybe Steven Carlson becomes a bigger – and you know, he got most of the reps towards the end of the year. Maybe that's the way it's going to end up this year as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, again, there's a real possibility that they don't get that position in this class. Maybe it falls to them in a good spot. I mean, the, the fact that they have the second round pick in the two thirds, uh, could, you know, allow them to maneuver to get a specific target if they love somebody, but, um, you know, it, it, it may not work out and that's not the end of the world. I I think that's going to be something they try to finagle, uh, you know, a trade or a signing or whatever. Uh, but that may be something that they have to address outside of the NFL draft and, and and again attack where the strengths are at in the draft.
0: Play this from every avenue, and like Andrew Barry said, we're gonna be aggressive. I think that applies to everything um and look, and there's always the you cannot fill every need within one year. So we'll see how it works out. um We'll continue on through here, obviously, get to the uh, offensive line side. Uh, you know, head into the combine. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar, if you got a Google Home, something new in your house, if you're asking for the latest Cleveland Browns news, ask your Google Home, Cleveland Browns news. You get me in shorter capacity. There's a one-minute version. There's somewhere one between three and five. Um, Just straight talk, Um, you know, facts and news coming at you. Obviously, we save the opinions and the takes here for the big show. But you got a Google Home. Check out the Google News. on Browns gives you lots of great stuff over there as well. I'm not sure, Pete and everybody wants to talk about, you know, oh, well that you know I, we're still the two tackles, two tackles, two tackles. Look, if one gets signed, maybe that changes things, but you can't predict things that are gonna happen until March sixteenth. So for now, yeah, this team needs two tackles in a, in a bad way. Um, we've talked about this group a lot. Obviously, we love it. We love the depth of it. Um so we go here, Pete, and I do think maybe necessarily it's not forty one. It would possibly have to be 10, and if not, a little bit of a trade down. But it's got to be addressed somewhere within the first 60 picks. If they move and move themselves around a little bit here, you got it for right now. The way it stands, there has to be two tackles drafted within the first 60 picks.
1: Oh, uh- and this is the
0: class to do it. I mean, well, look. Right. I mean, it, well, Kendall Lamb. We're okay with what we saw last year. Granted, it was a small dose, but it would be a hey. Hopefully, it's Kendall Lamb starts three weeks. But because I'm getting more and more nervous here that there's going to be five, not not just five, maybe six going round one, and then you know maybe you're just drafting him for the sake of drafting him. There, the there one. is
1: absolutely, there's absolutely. Uh, you know, a scenario where those guys just fly off the board and, you know, if if it gets past 41, you get, you know, you might worry you're going to miss out. Um, You know, it it really depends on sort of the pace and you sort of have to be able to, um, you know, you have to, you know, read the, read the board and and see what things are are doing. And obviously, you know, they they will hopefully have had conversations uh in terms of you know in terms of trade possibilities whether it's down from 41 or up from 73 or whatever it is uh that you can make sure you don't come away empty handed um uh you know whether they have to quite beat that timeline uh it's hard to say but again you know that may be something you figure out while the draft is going on uh but uh the, 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 I've seen you know, scenarios where that plays out and, and, and you're just looking at it and it's not, you know, unfathomable that it happens that way and, and you sort of have to act or you're worried about missing out. So, um, you know, that that may be something that the Bronx try to address in free agency. And no, not with, you know, a guy like uh, uh, Conklin, you know, whether Conklin or, 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 you know, any of these guys that could cost upwards of $10 million. But. Making sure that they at least get a body that's functional, um, that uh, you, you don't force yourself to be in that position where you're chasing, but you, you sort of have to be prepared. That comes down to what are you prioritizing in this draft and what do you value. And if the guy you know you love is that good, then you might have to uh, you know take him earlier than you might have thought you would have, or or something along those lines. But sixty picks is an interesting way to look at it uh but there's absolutely the possibility that, that happens and that may entirely be a product of how fast these wide receivers go
0: and that's the interesting one i mean with the wide receivers and you know there's talk of 30 in the first three rounds i for me the question there is and we'll just hit this one real quick is if it's really crazy that deep it's going to be the you know i'm in love with this guy you know i really want this guy i mean cuz and maybe, you know, the Browns could be in a tough spot here, obviously, without, you know, being able to maybe manipulate an offseason wide receiver wise. But the depth of the class, wouldn't that normally mean like it's going to, you know, I-, I just don't see how 30 go in the first 90 picks or so because there's a lot of franchises who are really smart. The Philadelphia Eagles, New England Patriots, there are franchises who are smart and are like, well, if it's really deep, and there's so many good ones. I should be able to get really good value in rounds four, five,
1: six, and seven. That to me, that's a hundred percent the case. And in you know, I mean, Tyler Johnson, they- where you're talking one sixties, is insane. Right, uh, but again, that that likely is a product of you know coming to the the, the decision that a certain player is such a unique situation in terms of body type or, you know, skill set or whatever, like uh, a C.D. Lamb or a LaVisca Chenault where they, you know, you're sitting there and you're basically deciding, well, this nobody can do what this guy can do and you do that. But can that happen basically, you know, 30 times? I have a really difficult time seeing that. There are too many guys that are similar to each other in that sense. But uh, that's where it's going to be interesting. To me, you know, wide receivers never – With with very with with rare uh, exception, never go quite as early as people think they they will. Um, You know that 2014 draft was obviously uh, unique, and that you know three went in the top you know 10 or 11 picks, Uh, and I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, we'll see. I mean, there could be a run, but uh, typically, you know, there there are other things that you know fat kids tend to go first. Uh, you know, fat kids and quarterbacks. So, we'll see. I, I I'm dubious that that happens, but that and that may be why the Browns have to act quickly. That that may be a situation where the Browns have to think of it in terms of, uh, you know, those two top two picks or moving back from the second pick or moving up from that third pick or whatever that they feel like they have to get those guys quickly because they don't want to miss out. And at the same point, there may be somebody they like, you know, later in sort of that Drew Forbes mold, if they get a guy, uh, you know, they love like Thomas or Werfs, And then, you know, they, they, they love somebody, you know, we'll throw out an example, the kid from St. John's. Uh, Barge. Barch. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't expect he's going to be in that mold, but nevertheless, I mean, if there's somebody they love later in the draft and they decide, you know, they they feel like they can wait around that, that may change it. But that's is this is sort of the calculus that you have to come up with and that's why you know, you have to play out the scenarios, and that's why you have to have those conversations about trade trades with people.
0: Uh, there's going to be, I mean, and, uh, you know, obviously those first nine picks are going to be crucial, and, you know, because obviously trade back, trade back is certainly something they would consider. Pete, interior offensive line, is this something that should be a huge focus here in this draft class? Um, look, Forbes can probably go either way with this offense. You know, Lamb is still here. Maybe they find a way to bring in some sort of veteran interior guy between somebody who's had some run with the Vikings, somebody Bill Callahan knows. Is that something they should truly be this invested in? Because, you know, I see a lot of people talking, well, all right, well, not not only the two tackles, but maybe you need a guard here too. And But, you know, A, it's, it makes for not a sexy draft, but B, Yes, we agree the offensive line is an issue, but bringing in three offensive linemen in a draft class where right now you only have seven picks, yikes, it's ignoring possibly some other big holes.
1: Um, guard doesn't interest me. Um, and, and it comes down to the fact that beyond, uh, unless you do something, you know, like move Joe Batonio out to tackle, uh, you are looking Still at a situation – you 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 are looking at a situation where the guys who are competing for right guard, and I have no reason not to believe they're going to stick with this, are what will be a third year player and what will be a second year player. I don't see the benefit of then adding another rookie. Like it just doesn't do anything for me. It's not because I don't like young linemen. It's just that it doesn't really add anything. Mix at least in my opinion. But what does interest me, and, and I think they do have to go get that, I, I, that's why I, I thought Kush was going to stick around for a year, if, if they get an interior guy who can snap and play guard, they do need another center uh, of some form, whether that's a veteran or whatever. Um, that's the only thing that would interest me. I, I, that That's the thing. is, I, I don't see any benefit to just adding – drafting another rookie guard. You have to get somebody who can also snap. Um, it, even if with the projected, you know, third offensive line rule thing uh, they're talking about, which doesn't really do much, but even that doesn't change the fact. You you, you need to have uh, three guys on game day that can snap the ball. And, you know, and maybe they like Willie Wright, uh, who they had last year, and is currently a, a futures reserve guy who I loved coming out. Uh, offensive tackle out of Tulsa who kicked inside, did some guard stuff and has done center stuff. I don't know where they're going to – stick with that i would assume they're going to try like hell to to make him be a center uh so you know they can also do those other things but they have to get you know somebody else who can snap one way or the other so no to guard but center certainly would would intrigue me
0: um it does bring up the possibility of you know what you know some folks were mentioning last year within that building obviously a different regime you know people tried to say drew forbes can snap which was interesting. See how it plays out. I mean, I don't know. Just, you know, basically taking everything and see how it plays out. Um, we'll get to here, uh, pick 16 through 20, of the pre combine mock draft as we continue to roll on through. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith, Lockdown Browns. Apparel. Apparel's great. Check out the stuff. Um, Obviously, uh, pretty miles put it out today. Um, the girls have gone into the apparel business. Um, Some great stuff. Unique. Um, Obviously, Dedicated to what they do over there and some of their brand. Um, so go ahead, check it out. Um, the that's what B uh, that's what B said apparel. Um, obviously, great stuff, great thought process. Uh, maybe one day we'll get there. How about a Pete Smith can't play dead t-shirt, knocked on browns type of thing? Sounds good. It does. Um, but go ahead, check out what the girls have going on over there. Um, always appreciate the sisters, uh, the way they do it, the uniqueness of it. And have a lot of fun while they're doing it. Go ahead, check it all out for you. Um, yeah, Stefanski Berry, 20 shirt. Um, I mean, anybody, 20. Might be a good t-shirt at this point, folks. Okay, uh, Pete, uh, 16 through 20. The Atlanta Falcons. Um, Somehow, uh, head coach got saved there with a little run towards the end. Still drafting 16. couple of years removed from a Super Bowl. 16 on the clock. The Atlanta. Falcons beat.
1: Uh, so, yeah, they they have a number of issues. Uh, not the least bit is just getting tougher. Unfortunately, I don't think this pick is going to line up to really deal with that. But they they are going to have to try to address what is it always seems to be an anemic pass rush. Uh, and and for that, you know, it's another guy that sort of fits that same. Uh, you know mold of uh player that they've they've been getting uh and that would be uh Clavon Kaysan from or Kayson or whatever from uh LSU the edge rusher basically you know taking over for uh you know Vic Beasley which didn't work uh for all the reasons I thought it wouldn't but uh you know we'll we'll see there seems to be a little bit more mass to uh this kid um, and he, uh, you know, obviously was very productive and, and and does certain things like that. But again, they 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 are in a division with Drew Brees. They're in a division with well, uh, uh, who else we got there? Carolina to be determined and
0: Tampa to be determined.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, T- Tampa. It's you know, it's it sounds to me like it's please come play for us, Phillip Rivers. By the way, don't go
0: anywhere, Jameis. We might need you. Um, <laughs> you're on, you're online too.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they talked about well, maybe we'll t- do a two-year deal with Jameis. You know, that basically sounds to me like Phil, if Philip Rivers says no, we're doing this. So they need more edge pressure. Their defense has to get better. They, they they have to be able to get off the field and cause more turnovers. They've got a lot of issues. They've got to address that. But yeah, he, the pass rush makes a lot of sense for them. I, I think they would be happy with the scenario because. Could go earlier than this, depending on
0: how uh, you know next week goes. So, Chason, sixteen overall. Yeah, we got to replace the mistake he made a few years ago. Seventeen overall, Dallas Cowboys. Um, obviously a lot of work still to be done here. Um, Cooper Prescott, because you know God knows when you got the you know the three headed monster at offense. He always pay the running back first. Yeah, you know, not that Ezekiel that isn't pulling the weight over there. Dallas Cowboys, 17 overall, Pete.
1: Yeah. So Dallas is in a tough spot because the board just did not fall. I think in an ideal way for them, like if Kaysan was there, I think they they would have probably taken him. Uh, But the fact that it didn't, um, you know, as much as they they would, they could use a lot of help on defense. I think a combination of two things work, make this pick happen this way. One. I just don't think the value's there on defense. They could really use some more defensive tackle help. They could really use another edge rusher. Uh, they, they, you know, they they could probably use a corner. They can probably use a safety, and none of those things really make sense with this pick. Uh, and the one thing they probably need, but not nearly this high, but the value is just outstanding for them is is taking C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Amari Cooper's negotiation you know, presumably they're going to have to, you know, come to an agreement on a long-term deal. I mean, they obviously gave up a first-round pick for him and and everything that comes with that. But it's also not impossible that they would, you know, go with a franchise tag and then try to move him next year. In either scenario, they will have, you know, a a situation where they've got C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and then Amari Cooper for at least the time being, you know, they can, Basically, put Jason Witten down uh, and just <laughs> on that for that and just you know and you know they're going to have get this Dak Prescott thing done, and he will have nothing but weapons line and linemen, and uh, you know that will be that will be what has to carry this team, and and, and I think they 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 you know they have no problem doing that, but uh, C D Lamb is very very good.
0: Uh, and no doubt about it. I mean, look, um, you've got two linebackers that you think the world of Pray to God, Vander Esch, you know, the neck doesn't become a career derailment, but, um, you know, build it around that and just hope these guys who you think you have all the faith in the world of that can go North, South, East and West and figure out the rest of the defense, but, um, might as well juice up the offense and figure, you know, the theory of we score 30 plus, Hopefully that's enough week in week out. That at least gets us to nine and seven 10-6, whatever it is. The most interesting team to follow throughout this NFL draft, no doubt about it, in any way, shape, or form, is the Miami Dolphins, eighteen overall. Um, if you read uh, you know uh, Matt Miller's you know latest scouting notebook this week, it's you know they think pretty highly of Tua. Um, thinking Tua and a tackle. Who knows how that works out? Whether they you bat- the right side a little bit more because that would be Tua's blind side. Dolphins, eighteen overall.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, their offensive tackles right now are Julian Davenport and you know some other schlub that doesn't matter. Um, that could be you or be me. It doesn't simple. matter. The, the, they have to get an offensive tackle, especially if they take. To a so, you know, they this this is easy for them. They're gonna run up and take Josh Jones, uh, from Houston, and then you know, they'll figure it out from there as far as what side they want him to play on.
0: All right. That one hurts. We do like him, but good for him. He gets to go to that tax, uh, you know, no state income tax. And I'm gonna say correctly here, and the gift that keeps on giving, the uh Las Vegas Raiders, you know, obviously, you know, with the MAC deal. Las Vegas Raiders, and now this would be the first duplicate – well, not the second duplicate, tick, uh, duplicate pick here. Um, so uh, Raiders are up here after Mr. Judy at 12. Las Vegas Raiders, Pete, maybe, you know, got to double up here. I mean, not double up here. You know, you fed the offense, got to feed the defense.
1: Well – that would probably be the most rational thing to do, but this is the Oakland Raiders. We're speaking of
0: John Gruden. <laughs> but so, uh
1: they uh they have a bunch of things they need to address. Uh defensive interior uh stands out. Um they've got some interesting pieces there. It's it's not great. Linebackers not great. Um they may be losing some of their defensive backs. Um, you know, they they they've got some question marks at some spots. But they, for whatever reason, seem very determined to, uh, you know, they're openly, you know, trying to woo uh, Tom Brady to come down and and all this other stuff. For whatever reason, you know, never seem to be satisfied with Derek Carr, despite the fact Derek Carr can play. So the Raiders, being John Gruden uh, and everything that goes with him, they're going to go ahead and draft Jordan Love, the quarterback from Utah State. (laughs) Um,
0: Yeah. uh, I mean, the only problem is he didn't play the national championship. So Mike Mayek will not be able to give his input to it. Um, The one thing is, and and this is where it's, it's not changed from the fact that, you know, Al Davis, obviously, God rest his soul is no longer there is the one thing you can predict is you can predict that the Raiders are unpredictable. There's just no shape or form. And it, it, I'm with you on the, Somehow, some way, they want to make a quarterback move because it's the transformation now to Las Vegas, and uh, however this works, and uh, you know, if you look at one franchise in the history of a franchise, and you now say this is going to be the you know NFL's foray into a Las Vegas franchise, the traditional you know Chris Berman Oakland Raiders to now the Las Vegas Raiders, and what Las Vegas is nowadays. I mean, it doesn't fit. I mean, none of it makes any sense. Um, The stadium looks pretty badass, however that works out. Um, Although the field does look nicer when UNLV is going to play there. So there is that also. Again, a dupe pick. Um, The Jacksonville Jaguars, and everybody seems to be complaining, when's the draft going to come to Jacksonville? Probably as soon as they're not shipping off two to possibly three. Home games a year to London. This was the Isaiah uh, Isaiah Simmons pick at nine overall. There's holes everywhere. Um, I mean, if they want to even be somewhat relevant, they better find some way to keep Yanni and into the fold. The Jags, Pete. I mean, it's it, it was so pretty for a hot second, and now all of a sudden it's back to just being the Jaguars they always were.
1: Uh, true. Uh, But the thing is, again, this is a situation where this corner class is just not doing a lot of favors. Uh, Once you get past CUDA, you're just sitting there going, huh.
0: Would you really rather have Jalen Ramsey right now or be in a hole where you need to pick? It's great that you're getting a first-round pick out of it, but you had your shutdown corner
1: i I mean granted the, the issues they had to pay and and they you know if they if they if they're gonna pay in Gakwe, if they're gonna pay you know some of these other guys this was never really you know an option for them uh but they do need help uh you know at a number of places uh, the jaguars are gonna go ahead and select. Uh, I guess LaVisca Chenault, the wide receiver from Colorado. And I know they have, I know they have DJ Charles. They have Marquis Lee who's fine. He's up with not doing anything. But what LaVisca Chenault can do is, especially with a quarterback like Gardner mentioned, they can do a lot of short passing stuff that can put him in a position to, you know, take some of the – basically what amounts to be running back receptions because Fournette's not going to give you any of that. And, you know, make him – make that into of a wide threat body that can go out and make plays for you. And that may be the type of weapon that they need, given that Fournette is just very limited in what he brings to the table. Um, he's got – you know, You have to be creative and smart with how you get the ball to Chenault. But Combined with what Shark can do going down the field and Marquise Lee can potentially do in the middle of the field, I think a guy like Chenault could potentially be a big benefit to them on that offensive side of the ball. And they need to be able to find a way to put up some more points.
0: Well, and you look at, you know, what Colorado did with him and, you know, obviously he was not just their best wide receiver. You know, they tried to, you know, use him in, So, I mean, you know, you're going to go, obviously, and he's a little bit of a bigger fella. He moves well. You know, the jet sweep presence. So, I mean, if you have one guy taking even a quarter step, you know, even the threat of, you know, the jet sweep motion, and now you got Fournette coming at you 100 million miles an hour at 230, whatever, it's just enough to throw it off. And, obviously, you know, Minshew was was pesky. He was a little bit of a pain in the ass, um, as Pete told you. And – Apparently, I didn't, but I tried to tell you. If you were looking somebody Baker-ish, it was that type of thing. I mean, just whatever the Nick Foles things, what Nick Foles thing was. Look, Nick Foles was really comfortable in Philadelphia. Jacksonville-wise, it just wasn't the case. You know, Minshew just whatever you know, rogue, you know, party guy, you know, VW microbus type of dude showed up and kind of made it all work when he was the quarterback. Um, just find ways to continue to work that. And you know, Chanel gives you that almost thicker, almost a tight end type of size, but you know moves well enough. And it's you know, if the quarter cornerback is behind me, I'm going to catch the ball because there's nothing he can do about it. And a lot of the time is you know, good luck trying to tackle me because I'm bigger, I'm thicker, I got some long arms. So it's definitely a nice fit, and you still have that vertical game that was able to play out. Otherwise, you have Fournette where it's north and south, and it's you know a lot of times it's him versus somebody in the hole and he wins a lot of those. It makes for something better. You were able to add something to both sides of the ball here for them. You know, playmakers, hopefully for that. So there continues the um, 16 through 20 of the pre-combined mock draft. Pete, we're getting a little short here on time. League wise, XFL wise, Brown wise. What's on Pete Smith's mind? Well, I
1: mean, it's it's, you know, Combine starts this coming week, uh, and, you know, that's that's obviously a big opportunity. Obviously, the Browns missed the Senior Bowl in so far, you know, in so far as everybody was hired and on the same page and everything else, like that. They had presence there. They obviously have people who are not working for the Browns that were there in some form or another. But, nevertheless, it's their first opportunity to sort of a an organized franchise to, you know, have an event that's going to be impactful in terms of not only do you start having some of those conversations about, you know, draft picks you like and don't like, but you also start having some of those conversations about with teams, as far as where you might want to move and you know potential. Start breaking ground on potential trades, and some of those conversations get started. So, it's a big, big week, and obviously, uh, given that the Browns are on a truncated t- timeline relative to you know most every other team in the league, this has to be a very productive week for them.
0: And first thing you look for is um, Monday of the combine week. You're going to get to hear from Kevin Stefanski, Andrew Barry. Um, it seems like maybe the Buffalo Bills aren't even speaking at combine this week. You know, I, 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 I'm Allen. curious
1: to see what players they decide to eviscerate in public. I'm going to go ahead and take a shot in the dark that they will not kill any of the Browns players.
0: Uh, that is not going to happen. They're not going to mention anybody's blocking skills whatsoever. He is Pete Smith. Make sure you're following at, underscore Pete Smith, underscore. Check out everything over at si.com. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Me personally, at Jeff, underscore LJ, underscore Lloyd. This has been your daily delivery of all things Cleveland Browns. LGB on the LLB. Let's go Browns.